Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. But hey, we are in a collection of talks we are calling um, Beauty in Basics. Beauty in Basics. So we're, we're looking at the foundations, some foundations of our faith um, as Christians, as Christ followers. And some, sometimes some things that maybe if you've been a Christian for a while, maybe you glance over or you take for granted. Um, or, and just seeing the beauty in God's word, his design. Or maybe you're just checking out this whole Jesus thing. This is an awesome series to be a part of too because we're getting into some foundational um, aspects of our faith. So first week we talked about salvation. Uh, then last, uh, last week, Pastor Chris talked about grace. That was such a good message. If you missed it, you can check them out, of course, on our podcast, YouTube, all of that wonderful stuff. But Today, the title of my message, I'm calling Beauty in Repentance. Beauty in Repentance. Now, when you hear, when people hear the word repentance, there are many different things that come up, many different uh, reactions um, or even feelings that come to mind, right? Maybe you hear the word repentance and you think of that angry street preacher who's like yelling and he's just angry at everyone. Like, you're a sinner, turn, repent. God hates you because you're a sinner. Okay. Or maybe you think of repentance as being sin or fault conscious. That, okay, I'm conscious of sin. That's what repentance is. And that breeds condemnation. Maybe uh, your picture of repentance is groveling before God and hoping it's like a Caesar and you're hoping he gives you the thumbs up, not the thumbs down. But none of those are an accurate uh, representation of what biblical repentance is, uh, what we see in the Bible. Now, repentance is part of our faith. It is part of our faith. Actually, Jesus' first ever recorded sermon spoke on repentance. Uh, Matthew 4.17, it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand or the kingdom of heaven is near or here, another translation says. So after Jesus resurrected from the dead, he showed up to the disciples. He also said, he said about repenting. He said in Luke 24, 46, then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it is necessary for Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So Jesus is saying, I suffered, I died, I rose again, and that repentance Repentance and remissions of sin should be preached. Repentance. Have you ever um, been using a word before and then you find out uh, down the road, I've been using that word wrong? Like you've been using it and then you're like your wife or your spouse or someone says, uh, that's not what it means. And you think of all the situations where you're like, Oh my goodness, right? Um, it's totally meant opposite. May, I knew someone when email first, first came out um, and it was, the email would just recently came out and they signed off to every email, L-O-L. 
every single email. So back when email first came out, like you actually like gave family updates, like here's how little Johnny's doing, you know, how is your family doing, right? It wasn't all just coupon codes and check out this sale. And so uh, this person, when they would get emails from their family and saying, hey, how the family's doing, they're right back, oh great that everybody's doing so well, LOL but they signed it for everything. So also when, when they got an email like little Timmy broke his arm, they wrote back, LOL, I'm so sorry to hear that. Or they get an email and say, Mittens is no longer with us. What do you say to a loss like that? There's only one way you can say it, LOL. <laughs> now, of course, we, they, we know what LOL means, laughing out loud, but they thought um, it meant lots of love. And, and so LOL is good. And a lol every once in a while when you got to send an emoji, hey, that's good um, to get back. But used wrong, it can be confusing. It can actually even be harmful or when it's misused, can't it? Now, that is a very vanilla example of misuse. But when it comes to repentance, I think many people have misused it or used it in the wrong context that actually creates chaos and harm. But both chaos and harm are not from God. God is a God of order. He is good. He loves you. So when repentance is used as condemnation to bring focus onto sin or unworthiness, it's actually a misuse and actually can be destructive. And, and if you look at the Bible and what it, when that happens, it's like, um, I don't know if that's exactly what it's meant. See, the New Testament, when was written originally in Greek and translated for us into English. Um, but the word translated to repentance or repent throughout the New Testament is the Greek word metanoia. Metanoia. Ooh, Greek metanoia. But the meaning of this word that is translated into English as repent or repentance means to change or to turn one's mind or purpose, to change direction, to change or turn one's mind or purpose or to change the direction. So a biblical definition of repentance is direction and perspective change as result of a thought or perspective change. Repentance is actually a direction change as a result of thought and perspective change. So Jesus' first sermon in Matthew, Matthew 14, 17, when he says, Repent, for the kingdom is, uh, is at hand. Jesus is speaking to a Jewish crowd following the Mosaic law to get approval and to get close to God, to get the God stamp of approval. And what Jesus is saying, change your way, change your perspective because of the kingdom of God is here. Jesus is calling to turn from sin, uh, turn from trying to keep the law, and to follow him. He's saying to repent. The biblical translation definition of that is to really, is to turn, to change your mind. The Passion Translation puts it this way. From that time on, Jesus began to proclaim his message with these words. Keep turning away from your sins and come back to God, for heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. 
See, Jesus' message, first message, was not a condemning message, but it was a call, an invitation for you and I, for those people in the room as he was speaking, to turn, to change their thoughts, change their ways, and to follow him. Now, we see in the following two verses, right after Matthew 4.17, that uh, Jesus is calling to turn, he actually calls his first disciples. In Matthew uh, 4.18, it says, And Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee and saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Jesus called to follow him. Responding to Jesus's words, Peter and Andrew immediately left their nets and followed him. They changed, at the words of Jesus, they changed their direction, they changed their purpose, and they followed after him. You could say they repented. At the word of Jesus, they changed their minds, their purposes, and caused them to change the direction and purpose of their life to follow Jesus. You know, Peter and Andrew were not, not uh, fishing net focused, right? They weren't, they weren't like focused, I'm leaving this smelly net behind that's always getting tangled, right? I'm tired of being a fisherman. These nets are so heavy or these nets have been weighing me down too long and today is long enough. I'm leaving these nets. No, Peter and Andrew were not focused on, they were not net focused. They were Jesus focused. They were focused on Jesus and that is why encountering and hearing him and the words of Jesus resulting in turning their direction, leaving the old behind, the old things behind for him. See, repentance is not being sin-focused, but it's actually instead, it's refocusing onto Christ. And then you're leaving behind the old to go to the new, what God has the, the more we are, are Christ-focused, are keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, it causes repentance, a continual turning to him in multiple areas of our life. A turn of perspective as we, as, and turn of our purpose and direction. Leaving the old sin behind, old destructive habits, the old ways of this is my Josiah Guernsey's way of doing things, leaving that behind for him. You know, Romans 2, 4 says this, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance? See, it's the goodness of God and the word of Jesus that causes and leads us to repentance, to turn to him. See, repentance is actually, it's God initiated. It's initiated by his goodness. And a repentance is a response of turning to him. Turn, so naturally leaving behind the old to just turn to the new, right? Without God's goodness, there is no repentance because repentance is a turning to, turning to him. Sin-focused or fault-focused does not bring repentance, I don't know, have you ever like just, uh, if you're hammering, you stub your, your, your thumb or maybe you, you hit your, your toe on the bed frame or something and it is so sore after and you're thinking, okay, don't hit my thumb. Don't hit 
my thumb. And what do you do? You end up hitting your thumb multiple times, right? I'm, I'm not the only one, right? Everybody else, you find that? Okay, good, me too. It's like if I'm focused on not doing it, that's the very thing. It's suddenly, I'm hitting it on door handles. I'm like smacking it in here. So I know, I've cl- know how to close the door for decades, and now I close the door on my thumb again. Why? Because I'm so focused on my thumb that it's just getting in the way. You know, sin focus does not cause us to turn from sin. It actually causes us instead to be more focused on sin. And what does that do? That brings condemnation. It doesn't bring, the result of focusing on sin is not uh, um, repentance. It's actually condemnation. You know, the verse right after the most popular verse that everybody, uh, almost everybody in North America knows, John 3, 16, God so loved the world, right? Everybody knows that verse. The one right after John 3, 17 says, God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See, condemnation does not come from God. That actually comes from the enemy. God does not use condemnation. So the more you see, hear, and experience God and his goodness, it causes you to turn to him more. It causes you to change. It causes you to repent, to see the goodness of God. You know, repentance isn't limited to just when you say a prayer and make Jesus Lord of your life. It starts there. It starts when you turn to Jesus for the first time, but it's actually continual throughout your walk with Jesus. As you do life with him, as you get into the word more, as you do life in church community with believers, and God will reveal things to you. And you'll see like, oh, I've missed it here. Or, oh, God has a better way of me doing this here. And God will continually, because he's renewing, he's changing you, he will reveal things that's like, oh, there's another way to do this. Where Jesus says, follow me, and leave your old nets behind. I'm going to show you a new way to turn to my way. In John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way. You know, Jesus, he is the only way. Jesus is the only way to the Father, but Jesus is also the only way to have life and fullness now in every area. He is the only way to do life. So repentance is leaving my way, how I want to do things, how I think things should be, how I, like, this would really satisfy me right now to just tell this person what I'm feeling and leave it and go his way, right? To follow his way in our faith walk, to follow his way in our relationship, in our relationships with our family, with our friends, with that random guy who cuts us off on Deerfoot. Um, to, to follow Jesus in his way, in, which is the way in our business dealings, in our, in our workplace, in our finances. To follow Jesus' way for our choices, peace, for our thoughts. You know, the first century Christians, they actually called themselves the way. Or they called themselves people of the way. And I think it's, it's partly in scripture in Isaiah, but as well is because they've turned to the way Jesus. They've turned to the way Jesus. As Christ followers, we are to follow the only way, Jesus. 
And as God reveals more things to us, is we leave behind the old and we say, oh, I'm going to follow the way to do this. I'm going to follow the way to do life. I'm going to follow the way to love my family. I'm going to follow the way and, and he will do that. You know, part of repentance is acknowledging to God, my old ways, God, I missed it. I missed the mark to confessing your sins to God. You know, sin really is, is missing God's mark. Saying, God, I missed it. I'm sorry. And now I'm going to follow you. In 1 John 1, 8, it says this. If we boast that we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and are strangers to the truth. But if we freely admit our sins when his light uncovers them, he will be faithful to forgive us every time. God is just to forgive us uh, our sins because of Christ, and he will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as you do life with God, as you, as you get into his word, God will reveal areas to you where I'm missing it. I'm missing the mark that he has. I'm missing the way that he has for me to live. Maybe you're unaware before, but now you have an opportunity to follow him. And confession is not groveling at God's, at God's feet. It's, there is no gnashing of teeth, no ho- heaping coals on your head and ripping your clothes. Old Testament reference for you there. Um, but confession is this. It's simply saying, acknowledging God, you have a better way. I missed it. You have a better way. And I'm going to follow that way. Again, it's not focusing on what you missed, but it's actually focusing, okay, Jesus, you've got a better way. You know, can I be real with you today? An example of repentance. An example of repentance. Um, you know, uh, when, when the news started to come out of, and headlines about uh, unmarked graves and the residential schools... Uh, I was sad to hear of, you know, some of the, the abuses and, and just the awful things that happen at the residential schools. And, and hearing of how the government, the funded schools that the government did and all those awful things. And I kept hearing it, hearing it, and it started to eventually, it started just to become a number to me. Like I started to let that just become a number to me. Okay, there's, there's more on Mark Graves and n- more people that are in it, but it just became a number. And honestly, my heart started to get hard. And I started to think, why am I like, why are we still talking about this? Like we're keep talking about this. Why aren't we like just moving on? And God arrested my heart. You know, he, he said, those are not numbers. Those are my kids. Those are the ones that I came for and I paid for and I love them. And then the Holy Spirit, he brought multiple scriptures to my, to my mind and I realized I'd missed it. I'd allowed my heart to get hard and not sensitive and tender seeing people as children of God. Instead, I saw it as, well, it's just another number. But God addressed that in my heart of like, uh-uh. Each single one of those people, because it's people, I paid the price for. So what I do, I confess my sins to God. I say, God, I'm sorry. I missed it. And then I said, God, I, I had allowed a hard heart. Like, please give me a soft heart for this. I missed it. And then thank you for your grace, your forgiveness. 
And then quite honestly, I turned my direction. I started from there. I started praying more like every day for those people who were affected by residential schools because I started to follow love. Agape love always causes to action. So I started praying for all those who are impacted by those government residential schools. And then I felt the Holy Spirit uh, tell me, hey, call Audrey. And so I called Audrey to, to hear, you know, some of her story. And she told me how her father and brother were impacted at residential schools and their experience. And she told me her experience at, at Indian schools. And I gained some understanding, but I also I gained some compassion and my, my, my heart was tender and soft. And, and quite honestly, I stopped seeing just the headlines of the numbers or the politicized. And I simply saw the people behind the headlines. Started seeing there are people that God loves behind there. And I, I repented. I turned my way when God arrested my heart and said, know what? I'm turning my way. Now, did I make, do I make a big deal about it to myself? Like beat myself up of like, Josiah, you're a, you're a pastor and you let your heart get hard and glazed out. No, I repented. I said, God, I'm sorry. And instead now I'm following Jesus in that direction, following Jesus in loving. You know, in Hebrews 4.16, it says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, we can come boldly before God, but then once you, you, you confess it to God, you don't need to keep bringing it up. You don't need to be rehashing it. He is faithful to forgive you. It's forgiven. I like what uh, this Bible scholar says. He says, uh, conf uh, confession of sin is the way to find restoration and unbroken fellowship with God. It cleanses conscience and removes every obstacle from communion with Christ. Confession does not gain God's acceptance, so true, for that was won for us forever by the sacrifice of Christ. Confession alone isn't repentance, but it is part of repentance. It's part of turning, uh, saying, I've missed it, God, and now I'm going to follow you. It's to change and to turn our mind because his kingdom is here to follow him. Follow him in every area. In Romans 12, 1, it says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, uh, acceptable to God, which is the reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, check this out, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God. The writers of Romans is telling us, hey, don't be conformed to what's going on around you, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the way we think. Change the way you think. This is done by God's word, his spirit, to change our perspective the way we think. You know, this sounds a lot like the biblical definition of repentance. The direction and purpose change as a result of our thought and perspective change. Romans 12, 1 to 2 is talking simply about Repentance, actually, to change your thinking by the word of God and his spirit, and this will produce a direction change in your life. As you allow God to change the way you think, and uh, bringing repentance, coming to him, turning to him, you'll walk in 
and experience the perfect and good will of God for your life. Right? That's what it says here. It says, uh, when you renew your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, repentance is not a burden. Repentance is actually a blessing. Because as your thoughts and perspectives are changed, you get an elevated perspective, seeing things how God sees them, your purpose and direction change to follow him. You will walk in, then as your thoughts, your perspectives change, you will then walk in the good, the perfect will of God for your life. And he says he's got good plans for you, a hope and a future. Amen? You know, repentance, the continual turning to him, brings us into the perfect will of God for our lives. And repentance is our response uh, to turn to God's goodness uh, and his ways, and he'll lead us into his perfect will of God. Amen. As Chloe comes up, can I just encourage you that God He loves you so, so much. He gave his best Jesus. And he invites us to come follow him. Just like with Peter and Andrew, Jesus said, come follow me. And they left the old nets. They left what they were doing, their way of doing things, and followed him. Jesus today is saying, come follow me. Come follow my way of doing things. From the big things in life to the little things in life. Follow me. Don't be focused on those old nets. Just put those down and follow me. And like he preached to those those people, his first sermon, repent or turn, change the way you think, your direction and follow me. For the kingdom of heaven is here. I believe we have an opportunity today to say, Jesus, what what can I follow you in? How can I respond to your goodness? Because it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. As we respond to him and follow him, leaving down the old those old things and following him. And as I was, as we were worshiping and as I was speaking, I believe Holy Spirit right now, he's, he's tugging hearts of, you know, hey, this adjustment, adjustment needs to be made. Or hey, there's, there's this thing that I want you to change, to turn. I have a better way. To turn from, but to turn to him and how maybe how you're treating others in a relationship. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's destructive habits. Maybe it's partnering fully with God. Maybe it's where you place your trust in, where your trust is at. Maybe it's resisting God of that next step that you know he has for you. Whatever that might be, I believe now is a moment where we can say, God, I'm going to respond to you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to leave the old, what I had, and I'm going to follow you. Would you just close your eyes for a moment? We're just going to take just a, just a moment just to wait on the Lord. I believe he'll speak to your heart of 
there's things that we can just make adjustments of turning to him. So, Father, we thank you that you are good. You love us so much that you gave your son, Jesus, that now we can do life with you. That you've given us everything we need to life and godliness, everything we need, that all your promises are yes and amen. You've blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And Father, I thank you that you have the way. That Jesus, you are the way. I thank you, God, that you're just speaking to hearts right now. Things that we can turn from. Not turn from as the focus, but turn to you. Your way of doing things. So Father, right now, as we're here God, we say we're responding to your goodness. God, we repent. We're turning to you, to your way of doing life, of walking with you, of trusting you, of treating others. God, we love you. We thank you for that. We thank you for the turning the changing of hearts, and that we don't do it alone, but you give us strength. So Father, I thank you for strength arising in people, courage arising in people to follow after Jesus, to leave those stinky nets behind and follow after you and what you have. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. No God is for you. We love you and have a great week.